Welcome to the exciting episode right? of Best of Five. On the screen, you have from the left to right, Michael Donka Schiller, looking nice and trim. Did you shave, bud? Um, it happens. <laughs> and you have me, a friend, Julian Salinas, host of Best of Five. I'm proud to be it. Then we have you son of a bitch. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you asshole. And we have Steve, Ace King Offsuit Jurek. He writes for Tekken World Tour, and he writes for Twitters. And we have none other than the also recently shorn John Velociraptor Guerrero. He writes for EventHubs.com, and you can follow him at Velociraptor. I believe there's a one in there, right? There is, yeah, that's the wrong handle. God, why do we even have it long? You done goofed, Alon. Anyway, this is Best of Five. We have a lot to talk about. Unless you've been living under a rock, Capcom Cup went down over the weekend. Shit was hype, in particular the reveals. Oh, so hype. We'll talk about that more as we tease at the beginning. The patch notes that they've been threatening are finally here. Uh, and we'll talk about some other stuff, too. It's exciting. It's the end of the year. It's also our last show of the year. So I want to go ahead and get started with a recap of the entire year. Uh, go, Steve. Uh, yeah, so the year started in January, <laughs> and then it went to February. Uh, obviously, Capcom Cup was the event that a lot of people were keeping their eye on, uh, but there were a couple other things that went down this weekend, uh, including Couch Warriors Cross-Up. This was the seventh and final stop on the uh, Dragon Ball Fighters World Tour before the Dragon Ball Finals. And this one, as so many others this season, was won by Kazunoko, who took it over Tachikawa in the Grand Final. Only dropped one game the entire tournament. So picking up uh, win number four. Wasn't just a strong performance there. He also won uh, Guilty Gear, he won Street Fighter, and he also won Blaze Blue Tag, I believe, Yep. at that event. So... Pretty big weekend, and I think when you win four tournaments in Australia, you automatically become prime minister. <laughs> Is that right? I, 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 I'm not an expert on Australian law, but I did read a book online, and I think it's in there. <laughs> okay. I keep forgetting to subscribe to our channel before Die My Sword does. Thanks up for Die My Sword, you really are a gift. Okay. Thanks, bro. <laughs> Thank you, Die My Sword. You're the best bestie. So we now know uh, who the final players, or who half of the field is going to be in the uh, World Tour Finals. Kazunoko, the number one seed. Uh, Sonic Box, Goichi, and Hook Gang guy <laughs> going to be part of that. The other four spots will be determined by single elimination last chance qualifiers. There's going to be four of them. As of right now, you are able to enter... No more than two of those four. Uh, but registration is open now on Smash.gg if you want to get a crack at uh, the Dragon Ball Fighters World Tour Championship. Uh, there was also one of the uh, big tournaments on the East Coast, NEC, went down this past weekend. A lot more games went down than what we show here, but uh, you see that Grover got the Blaze Blue t uh, cross-tag title. Sonic Fox took it in Dragon Ball, but not Soul Calibur. He ended up getting 25th there. That one was taken by Linkors. And then uh, Lud taking home the title in Street Fighter V. I think there was something like 300 players in Soul Calibur 
at that event. So pretty good turnout there. Um, and then there was also don't park on the grass. I don't have a graphic for that. I'm sorry, smash fans. You can crucify me online. Uh, but then I guess we'll just talk about Capcom cup as we go. Is that, are you making a crucifixion reference because of the season? No, I'm making a crucifixion reference because I just saw, read a reference to Passion of the Christ. So that's kind of in my brain right now. Again, the season. For, for you Jews in the room, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, uh, was crucified. <laughs> Were you making eye contact? He was. He looked straight at me and burned it in me. And Alon. We got two Houdios in here, guys. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So anyway, why don't we just segue to this? Oh, I, I, I do want to point something out. This is pointed out to us by the best of on. They did just change the ruling on the last chance qualifiers. So now players can enter all four of the LCQ tournaments. I, I just want to apologize to the chat. I forgot that John's Lord and Savior is Daigo, of course. Anti-Semitic. Come on. Come on now. We... We are a fighting game show, allegedly. <laughs> Affirmatively. Anyway, uh, so what's the next topic that we're going to move to, bud? So that was the recap. Um, oh, we're going to play a clap gif because uh, Lon wants one. Here we go. Good old Jean-Luc. So that's for everybody who subbed at the beginning of the show. Why don't you yeah, we had Demon Dan. We had Blue. Oh, man, I'm not ready. Come on, Alon. We had me. Be <laughs> yeah. a Die by Sword. <laughs> yeah, die, die by Sword. Uh, Demon Dan did some stuff. Uh, some other people did some stuff, and uh, we appreciate y'all a lot. Come on. I want to extra appreciate something that Die by Sword just said because anything he says can get read on the show because of uh, sixty gift or sixty gift subs so far. But is it true that Capcom released three characters at once: Kage, Vega, and Alex? Ooh. I thought they released Vega, but he still sucks. So don't worry. Really? <laughs> well, we're gonna get to that guy. Yeah, he's still really time. Bad. Let's. Take a trip down memory lane about 72 hours ago or so. We are watching the Capcom Cup. And a little bit prior to that was the last chance qualifier. It was a lot of Street Fighter V action. Um, and we're going to take it back. One he's of better, but he's bad. I mean, I was looking at combo videos. People were, like, throwing roses and then following up with some extra stuff. We'll get to that. Last chance qualifier. Anybody want to say anything about that? You got something to say about that, John? You got something to say about that, Steve? What about you, Mike? The last chance qualifier for Capcom Cup? Yeah. I thought it was exciting. I thought you got to see, like, an insane group of players come together in a double elimination tournament that met a lot. I mean, like, throughout the year, right, you have all these premieres, but individually they don't feel that important all the time. And so I think this felt huge, and it was interesting seeing a few of the players who would be, you know, shoe-ins to win not there. So it made the event more interesting. Of course, it... it, it it's a year where the winner ended up going 0-2 after winning the LCQ, but still. Yeah, and that was the one that we had a little bit of trouble deciding because it was v Venom, and we're like, damn, whoever wins that last chance qualifier is going to be really good. So it kind of threw uh, – uh, initially we thought it might be a little trickier to, to – to, but no, it ended up being, as you said, 0-2. Um, I, I, I like that there was this subversion of expectation when it turns out uh, when it came to characters, because you expect, you know, a bunch of Birdie, a bunch of Cammy, bunch of Guile. You had two Dalsims yeah. in top four. 
which was something I don't think anyone would have ever predicted, even at their drunkest this year. Um, Didi Mokoff was putting in serious work, as was uh, Danka Dilas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was it was an incredible tournament, and I also like that it came down to two players who were sponsored by other players. Almakashi, uh, a.k.a. Nasser, and Punk, uh, they sponsored Naka and ZJZ, respectively. So to see players recognize each other, say, hey, you are awesome. I'm in the position to let you get some shine on the stage. Go ahead and do it. It's it's great to see. And we had a Blanca, a Blanca pick, right? That, that like was, that. I had to like rub my eyes like... <sighs> I, I missed a lot of it uh, for dad reasons, but I was like, I turned it on. I was like, he's pretty late in the bracket. There's a Blanca? What's going on here? I mean, he, that, that's like his counter pick for Minot, I guess. I'm not sure it works, but it, it was working better than Dalsim. So clearly, uh, I think I think you saw some nerves in his Blanca at the end. I don't think he's obviously as comfortable with that pick as he is with Dalsim, but he, he gave Dalsim a try, and it didn't work either. So he put it all in there, yeah, uh, and it was a great was grand the, finals. The and, hmm? I think Blanco, he should have stayed with the whole time. Oh, he definitely should have stayed with him the whole time. The Dawson wasn't working at all. Um, and and Blanco just gets in for, not for free, but he, he'll he do like the, I think it's the EX Rainbow Ball in your face. And then he's he's a plus, and then he's plus, and then he's plus, almost to the extent that Bison is, um, if he can be in V-Trigger. And it's crazy. I, I was actually talking to Dog and Dose, um on Sunday, and we went into training mode, and he showed me all the the basic tech that he was um, getting at and using in the uh, in the grand finals there. And Blanca is basically a Marvel versus Capcom character. And um, I haven't looked over the patch notes, but if he's getting better than he was, uh, he was he's definitely got a lot of potential. And now he's got even more. It's a scary situation because uh, with that V-Trigger ball, like we saw, um, it was getting ZJZ with these kind of gimmicky things that um, with like fake cross-ups or cross-ups that hit in front and land in back, all that kind of stuff. And he's plus most of the time. The character has some real potential that I personally did not realize. Yeah. See, I, I'm not sure he should have stayed with Blanca. It feels like, to me, that matchup just relies so much on getting a random rainbow ball in. Mm-hmm. The problem is the Dawson matchup is terrible. It, it, it was terrible, but it seemed terrible in a way that he could make it work. Because it, it's it's like Manat does a lot of what Dawson does, just does it better. But I don't know. I, I, I personally feel like I lean more towards stick with your main in that situation. You know, that's just my philosophy. But I, I, I understand the pick. I just I just wanted to see him go back to Dawson there. Um so, anything else to be said there? The last chance qualifier, then it was cool, and that it had a uh, lackluster stream setup versus the uh, beauty of the stage the following day. What do you mean lackluster stream setup? It, the, the comments were like, "Is this in the back alley <laughs> of the?" Oh, so so here's how that works. Um, if you've ever been to the esports arena, the Luxor in Las Vegas, the the entryway for the whole thing. There's like a bunch of uh, you know, you walk inside, and there's a little desk for the reception. And then um, like some merchandise areas, but then immediately after that, they had the uh, the two setups and a big um, monitor right there, so that people walking by could actually see the competitors playing on that little mini stage. And that was used as the 
the primary stage for the LCQ, and mm-hmm. then that was the secondary stream for um, the actual Capcom, well, for I guess right. day one of Capcom Cup. Yeah. Um, but it was really, I, I mean, no one there was really, I don't think, complaining too much about it. It was cool. It was out in the, basically in the, the reception area, in the lobby, um, and, which was kind of interesting because everyone was watching in the main area, up on the main stage, so people would play and then they would walk in afterwards and people would clap for them or, or whatever for, you know, having just performed. It was an interesting and different setup, but it, it didn't come across to me as like, low class or low tech or anything so, like so, that. Um, so not knowing what the layout is and not actually ever having been there, was it open to the public? Were there people walking around being like, yeah, what the hell's going on here? Or is it not that? Well, um, you had to have a pass to get in. Ah. You had to go through security. Um, so, But people could walk, that were walking by, could certainly see the action. They had enough monitors and, and enough presentations. So it's the idea is to, to get your eye and maybe have you come check it out out of curiosity. Just a quick aside, um, on the occasions that they've done like a South by Southwest gaming here in Austin, it's in the middle of a huge gaming convention floor, and you get a ton of people who recognize vague memories of a green guy with electricity and, you know, a guy that looks like Rio, right? Um, and you get a lot of people that stop and watch, like, what is this? And before you know it, they're getting excited about it. I just was wondering if that had happened over there. Oh, no, not so much. So then um, the main tournament, uh, I thought that the setup looked great. I thought the stream looked great. Um, the one thing that I was surprised about because I hadn't seen it yet was, and I was like, man, how are they like running that ad every single time? Was when the match starts now, it cuts to a damn ad screen, but that's baked into the game now. So I was like on board with the ad thing at first, and now that I actually turned on the game, I'm off board. It is so poorly implemented. It is so ugly. It is so awful. Well, it's very clearly a prototype, right? I mean, they're, you would they're hope. just getting started with it. Like, I feel like it makes me themselves. not want to buy the game more than it makes me want to buy it. Like, it, I, I don't get it. They got it. They got to pull it but until they figure out a better. You know way what? To I'm going to say let's put a pin in that because I want to come back to the idea of where Mortal, uh, where Mortal Kombat, where Street Fighter Five is now in its lifespan, and does uh, you know thoughts resulting from the reveals or lack thereof. But we'll put we'll, we'll get to that after we talk a little bit more about um, about the event itself. So, John, you were actually there. Um, and you posted the same video that everybody and their mother posted, which is that panoramic, awesome That's art shot. Cool. Everybody's like, oh my God, this looks great. Um, but why don't you give us a little bit of a taste for those of us that weren't cool enough to be there of what the vibe was like, what the energy was like, maybe some takeaways or just put, put, paint the picture for us, put us in that room. Yeah. So, uh, you could tell, like you, you heard what I said, as far as the reception area, you walk right in and the stream, well, the secondary stream setup was right there. Um, but going in, you walked through that the little panoramic area, and they were they had some merchandise tables set up there. And then you went in, and if you've been into pretty much any esports arena, so if you've been to SoCal, gone to Wednesday Night Fights, there's one in NorCal, there's one in Texas now, right? You guys have one. It's more or less the same idea. Um, and uh, you know what? I was talking. I think it was Jabali. We were sitting and talking on day two of the event, and he said that this feels more like a um, like a League of Legends routine season event as opposed to the like the end of the year um, you know big extravaganza that you would want Capcom Cup to be and it's like yeah sort of but it also I think it got the job done I think that uh, with how many people were there it was just a right a, the right amount of seats um, so that everything didn't feel completely empty or way too full at any time um, you know they had a couple bars in the in the uh, arena there and and plenty of places to go and play set up uh, you know play street fighter there were some uh some so what was it another capcom game um resident evil 2 demo was there and they also had the devil may cry demo 
Um, so there was there was something to do, whether you wanted to watch, whether you wanted to play casuals, whether you wanted to check out merch, hang out and um, you know play some of these demos. Like they did a pretty good job of making it an interesting enough place to be, uh, depending on your mood or whatever your mood might have been. Um, and then of course you have Vegas outside, so uh, it, it was a it was it was fun to be at. Um, I didn't I didn't really feel like it was too well like what you were saying earlier that that it was kind of what like second rate. I thought that the execution on the main stage was just fine. Um, it wasn't so we didn't have like the giant doors that kill Kazunoko or anything like that this time, and that that did feel kind of crappy on finals day. Um, but we also didn't have PSX and all the people that that was going to bring in. Mm. So it seemed like it was about the right size and, and executed, well, the, about the right size venue for the event. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that, if anything, you would hope that the event would grow and be bigger and, and demand a bigger venue than what it was. So all in all, it's like it's fine. And I don't want to get too much into the takeaways of Capcom Cup in general, but it kind of fits that, like, yeah, it, it got the job done, but nothing beyond that. Youch. And I think that's going to be a function of not being part of a bigger convention. You know, mm -hmm. if if you're part of when it was part of PSX, you know, you could go watch Capcom Cup and you could also try out all the other games that are part of it if you were just a spectator. Um, if you, this year you could enter the last chance qualifier, but after that it was pretty much that's pretty much it outside of spectating and possibly getting some casuals at Saturday, Sunday. So, well, and actually the casual areas were roped off for only the competitors on Saturday and Sunday. Um, there were two casuals areas and, and they were, they were used a little bit. Um, and I suppose if they opened them up to the public, there wouldn't be a place for the pros to use, but there's a whole VIP area upstairs that I'm sure they could have thrown a few casual setups for the pros in. Um, but yeah, technically you couldn't play casuals on the second and third day. Although on the third day, people very much just kind of walked by the ropes and started playing and it wasn't an issue uh, when it was down to top eight. But yeah, that technically casuals weren't even a thing on days two and three. So uh, what was the deal? I don't know if we're going to get into this later. What was the deal with the monitor? Because two people oh, yeah. complained about one of the, the player two side monitor. The and I heard it was like monitor. not a uh, official, you know, lagless monitor. Well, uh, all the monitors were, as, as we could tell, like were the same. And they had about a million different cables coming out of the back of them, you know, for all the different places, I guess it was displayed. Um, but Itabashi Zangief, I think he played out a match, but then he stopped. And this was on day two. So it was on the main stage. The main stage wasn't used on day one, but he stopped playing. And, uh, I mean, we didn't know what he said, but the action halted for about five minutes and then they finished off their match. And then Chris T comes up and they, he's playing Fudo. And I think it was like four or five seconds into their first round. He stops altogether, which is pretty ballsy, you know, and, and, uh, because you very well might just get disqualified or, or, I mean, that could actually apply to the tournament results itself. But he was saying that the, uh, the, the screen was lagging like crazy. Damn. Um, to the point where he used an expletive to uh, for emphasis. Which one was it? And the F word. Mm. <laughs> and I. And so it, it paused for Femi? a while. They went back and they played game one. Why? Why, Elon? Why my jerk face? I don't care. <laughs> Elon, that's played, hurtful. Yeah, I don't have a sword, and I'm a jerk face. Um, but no, they played game one, and Chris stopped it again, and they sat for maybe another twenty minutes. It felt like I think. Uh, trying to get the whole thing figured out. I don't know what the adjustment was, and I and I ran up and and 
<laughs> I ran up and um, and and you know shouted to Chris to say what it, you know see what the issue was, and he just said it's effing laggy, bro. You know, and and um, that was about the extent of it. I actually talked to him a little while after, like like that night, and he said, you know, with playing against Fudo, uh, how nutty Mika can be. I couldn't have any lag at all, so. Uh, it was a huge deal to him, and as it should be, like to anybody that's playing in this like end of the year Super Bowl of Street Fighter events, it's like yeah, you can't have anything like this going on. So a potential black eye on the event, but it, I mean, they they moved through it gracefully, and it didn't come up again. So um, ultimately, it's like okay, well, uh, that that didn't end up hindering everything. Although there were some other things that ended up hindering everything, but yeah, uh, just a little blip on the radar at the end of things. And John, um, before we get into the actual meat and potatoes here, the gameplay, the matches, tell me about these concerts and the DJs that were uh, present in, in the venue. Well, okay. I, wait, wait, time. Before you start, John, what was that ooh, Steve? Uh, this was not all that well received online. Um, I ended up having to work during Capcom Cup, so most, most of the top eight I watched uh, afterwards. But I was kind of poking around as I could, as I could, just to see what it was, and I was watching a little bit of the concert. Now, I first of all, the concert was initially promoted as a halftime show, and yet somehow it ended up getting rescheduled so it happened before Top Eight. So Top Eight ended up happening about an hour and a half after it was uh, scheduled initially. So people were mad about that. Uh, and then the performance itself, I don't know how it was in the venue. It did not come off all that great on stream. Uh, the audio mix was very, very strange, if I could put it generously. Uh, there were lyrics that weren't exactly the lyrics we all remember to a lot of those songs which would be interesting if it was a cover artist but it was the guy who did the song originally i i heard about that i wasn't paying attention and plus i don't know these songs it's not really like that wasn't really my thing but are you saying they were the wrong lyrics or did he change things like to be political about something or or no it was just a different stuff one many uh it wasn't political or being, you know, trying to avoid certain words because he was chanting, do that shit. Do that shit. <laughs> Steve, have you ever well, done that shit? I, I, I did that shit a while ago. Um, <laughs> I don't recommend it. Okay. Thank you, Steve, for uh, the recap on how it was for the viewers at home. I as well thought that the mix was off. And therefore, it seemed like a lackluster performance if you're watching via stream. However... Our man on the inside, John Velociraptor Guerrero, who is not a complainer or a jerk face, Elon. There you go. Um, what was it like within the venue? So we were, I was kind of hanging around watching because the, uh, the whole thing was going to get started. And then they, they had, um, what's his name? Uh, it escapes me at the moment. Del. <laughs> the first, Del, yeah. Um, come up and uh, Del the Funky Homo Sapiens. Yeah, I know and um, he started going, and I was like, okay, this is fine. And the, the audience there received it well enough. They cheered for him. But I think a lot of that comes from when you're meeting someone in person or you're there live versus you have this anonymous presence from the Internet. It's two different things. And um, so, so the audience was cordial enough. 
But I, after just, you know, a good minute or so, was thinking, well, this really isn't my thing. I'm going to go get some time with the Resident Evil 2 demo. So I was doing that while, but I was still listening to it all. And, and that kind of held up, and it's not my thing, but I felt like his delivery and, and everything was fine. Now, I heard that he had recently had some kind of rib injury or, or something along those lines, <laughs> and that meant that he was going to have a little less energy on stage, and that he missed some lyrics, and, and it was very lackluster, but probably because of his physical health or something like that. Um, but it didn't feel at the venue nearly as bad as what I'm hearing you know, people <laughs> watching from the Internet. Uh, said it was so uh, it, there it was fine it wasn't necessary but at the same time you can you can appreciate that they're trying to make a show out of this yeah right? i do this appreciate spectator that spectator sport and so it's like they're, they're gonna try to bring in acts like this and i don't think it was at all inappropriate especially having the guy that's doing you know g and i think cody's music for this game um he's already very involved in it it makes total sense that, the, that you would have them and that you would try to get more and more viewers for your event through this but it's also something that's very low-hanging fruit as far as uh something that people could attack and i think that that's that's what it was but as far as whether or not it was well executed by dell himself i'm not the person to ask i thought it was fine but i'm no expert y'all remember dj ipad yeah same idea like just just rip them apart because it's weird or it's different or it's not what you expected and leave it to the internet to do that for sure I feel like we don't have to have these musical acts at all, and I feel like they've failed every single time. So, mm -hmm. I don't know. The right one could be great. Maybe, but they haven't done it in but, this many years. You're muted, by the way, Steve. Who's the right one, though? <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's exactly right, because if you think it's about Bruce it... Bruce Springsteen. Like, if we got Bruce Springsteen, how excited would all of you be? No, I wouldn't be. I'd give it two shits. Yeah, bring on Dan. If you guys don't know, we might play a little track for you guys later. Dan, Austin, Austin boy. Put out a... But, but I mean, this isn't exclusive to Capcom Cup. You know, there was that whole thing with uh, uh, at the Overwatch finals. Yeah. With, with uh, that was another, a phoned-in performance. That was phoned in. But it's like, why is this necessary? <laughs> Wait, okay, you know what? I, I got a solution. Should have just put Logan Sama on there. Ain't that guy? Uh, I feel like DJ? they could have put a CD in a boombox and played Indestructible, and people would have liked it more. Like, I mean, you just literally like they're 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 putting their money in the wrong place. I have no idea what the fuck they're doing. I understand. They should hire me as a consultant so I can tell them not to do this. <laughs> I How much you charge to tell them? To no, don't do that. I'll do it for fucking free. Don't do it. <laughs> there you I'll go. Send that if, to them. Next year, they're like, okay, and now for some halftime entertainment, and one, like, scrawny, the scrawniest Capcom employee brings out a giant boombox, puts it on a chair center stage, it gets a spotlight, he hits the thing, walks off, and after about 10 seconds, Indestructible starts playing. <clears throat> the crowd would love it. It'd be so sick. Yeah, that would be great. Now, back to your regularly scheduled program. Do you guys remember that series that came out, sponsored by Honda, that Street Fighter one that came out, they did a bunch of episodes on YouTube? There was like Ryu and Ken, but then they went back in time and it was uh, Kuma and Goken. You, come on, yeah, guys. Yeah. Help me out here. I don't, I don't there, there was that one scene where Ryu and Ken are uh, training, and he puts in a tape into the boombox, as you would say, and it's the Ken theme, and then it was like a badass, get your blood pumping moment, and they do like a little training montage. Can you imagine if they did that, and they brought in some Cirque du Soleil performer to do some kind of badass Street Fighter choreography, that would be Why? awesome. You didn't like, you didn't would... like discount Jabberwockies? <laughs> no, if you brought in the Jabberwockies, that would be awesome. There, here's the thing. It, Super Crew came on afterward, a dance act, and they were fine. I, it was like, but my God, 
the halftime show was an hour and a half for a tournament that normally takes like two and a half hours. Why do we need all of that? How many people are going to come in to Street Fighter, you know, to the Street Fighter finals and then say, oh, you know, what's going to push me over the edge? Oh, I get to listen to Delta Funky Homo Sapien. That's going to put me up. That, that <laughs> it, it's great that there's there's that connection there with the G trailer, but it's like when the Super Bowl does it, they get an artist that sell that's a platinum recording artist like that Bruce has Springsteen, millions of fans like Beyonce, like Bruno Mars. They also have someone mix it, and they also <laughs> it's professionals, and there's like a trillion people watching it. And some people watching it only for the halftime show, none of which is true of Capcom. Ultra David in our chat is saying people did tell them not to do it, except the one guy with the authority to make it happen or not wanted it, so... Yeah, it sounds about like Capcom. All right, um, that was the halftime quote-unquote show. I'm going to gloss over the DJs because we've gotten every single possible pun about it being nippy in the room and whatnot in our chat. We're moving on. Yes, there was a pretty grill on the stage. Y'all leave your rooms every once in a while for crying out loud. All right. Let's get to the main action. The matches. 32 of the best Street Fighter V players of the year in this planet. We're in Las Vegas to compete for the ultimate prize of $250,000. Do you think it lived up to the hype? I thought there was a lot of really good matches in there for sure. Um, Gachi Kun played absolutely out of his mind the whole tournament. He looked like the best player every single round of the entire tournament, and he made it happen. Uh, he got destroyed in the first set of grand finals and brought it back, which was pretty exciting to see. Who was in that grand final? Yes, war? Abigail did it. He made it to grand finals. He did well. He be, he won a bunch of bad matchups. I'm impressed. Um, apparently, if you can do a half screen sweep and then V trigger cancel it into a 50 50, you're a good character. I was wrong. <laughs> Congrats. What a salty son of a bitch, but this is as good as time as any. DJ Nipple has just subscribed to our channel. I'm not going to applaud to that. Um, Steve, I is there any? Is there anything? The Abigail play actually like made the tournament less exciting for me, and not because I was, but because it was so awful to watch. It was pretty demoralizing. I forget the he was losing the every match and won on the back of V-Trigger cancel every single match. It made yeah. the game look horrible. But he so. looked really cool with that big Cyclops <laughs> costume on. Steve, he just mentioned there was an Abigail in top eight of the Capcom Cup. Is there anything you would like to tell the chat as a result? Well, because of that, I, I figured that we have to do something special. You know, we can't just give away one costume. We got to give away a bunch. So uh, if you enter our raffle right now, raffle's open, right? Not yet. Wait one goddamn second, Steve. Wait. Okay, so not right now, but open. soon. Now, okay, not right now, but right now. When did they release the Chundle no, that, costume not pack, the by the way? One. That was pretty recent, right? I think you mean the Chundle. The Chundle. When did they release we're, the Chundle? You win the Chundle. You're, you're, you're getting a chance to win uh, Akiman costume bundle, which includes the following Chundle costumes. The Covert Operations costume. Uh-huh. Her pajamas costume. Pajamas, that's a good one. Her wedding costume. Uh-huh. It's a shame that she her, got married. Heart's breaking, but go on. Her, her vacation costume. Is that the honeymoon costume? Because that'll break my heart further. Uh, your heart just, it just, 
is broken in pieces. We're getting a lot of exclamation point nip. <laughs> her undercover cop costume, her special forces costume, and her training costume. Hot damn. Those are all in the jungle? That's like, what, a third of her costumes? <laughs> 118. I, I got a link of the document. It's not all of them, right? It's no, not all it, of them in the chundle, no. Yeah, no, the chundle. When's chundle part two? <laughs> Here, let, let, let me grab you a little chundle screenshot so of this. Thank you, Kwanzaa. Let me yes, grab you a screenshot of this. But yeah, I'm obviously exaggerating. It was yet another good tournament. It was very hard to predict. Very few people had Gachikun winning this. Uh, very few people had Itagon getting second. The first round was wild as all get out. It was it was exciting for sure, and it was a lot of high level play. And no one, a few people definitely came out with stuff we haven't seen before. So, and I I think what was nice was that there were some people who who got knocked out early. That's Not the chundle. This is the chundle, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, damn. What is she wearing in the bottom left? I don't even. Oh my god. That's, That's her, her vacation outfit. Um, I think this is her DJ outfit. Not just kidding. <laughs> uh, okay, moving on. That's the chundle. One lucky raffle entrant will win it, courtesy of Michael Donkashiller, who said that an Abigail will not make top eight. It's in so any sad major too because it was it was literally going for like four months. There was like a long time where he kept losing, and then all of a sudden, Edison decided to turn it the fuck up and keep making top eight. And by the way, if and I'm mistaken, Momochi and Shen too, also the kind of sleepers that had a really good day. Oh yeah, I did not think Momochi was gonna do well. I did not think Shen was gonna do well. I did not think Chris was gonna beat Fudo. A lot of things happened. Yeah, it was it was yeah. interesting. Isn't Chun really good in this new uh, version? We'll get to the patch here later, but preview or uh, spoiler alert: Is Chun better? She's probably better. Anybody? Juanelo, do you know? Probably. Okay, that's. I don't. Very okay, scientific. so here's my hot take about the patch notes: is no one got enough better to be like a top tier so like all the top tiers are going to be characters that were good before all right we'll look well, at the we'll look at it live and in color here in a little bit back to the action uh joan what do you think man you were in the room were there some matches that got more hype than others was there anything you were oh, surprised certainly. by um i want to say also because we were talking about the presentation of uh you know at the esports arena I really thought that the way that you could be sitting in the audience and you can watch the main stage and then they had on just to the left and right of the main stage two more monitors where you could watch what was happening on stream too uh, was really good because uh, for the most part there was almost never a break in the action. You could almost always be watching something and, and things kept moving and it was entertaining. So um, I'm, I'm not one to sit and watch for long periods of time. I'll usually go do something else like play the Resident Evil 2 demo, but I was I was watching for a lot longer than normal. So I thought the presentation there was good. And um, as far as like people were people were very entertained by the matches and and like you were saying, there were some uh, unexpected outcomes, fantasy brackets like every year at Capcom Cup didn't play out almost as anybody thought that they would, which keeps things tasty and, and spicy and such. Um, as far as gameplay is concerned, and as far as the competitors, I think that it was a, a very successful event. Um, I will say that, and we can get to these, because you know, it kind of comes into you know the reveals or the lack thereof, and where Street Fighter is right now with the, um, with the community. I will say that Good shit to Gachi-kun, and he deserves it. He's one of, if not the best player in the world right now, especially like 3-0-ing Tokido on day one and, and not having a loss up until I think it was top eight, right? And not having like a, even lost a game. Um, but 
having Japan and, and a player that doesn't have all that much personality, relatively speaking, win was it's not doing Street Fighter V any favors. Because like last year this time, we had Mena RD. What a story that was. Uh, two years ago, it was a, an All-American Grand Finals and then Knuckle Dew taking it, taking it home. But at this point, like I think a lot of people didn't even like, and Gachipun's been around for a while, but he just doesn't have much connected to him that most people realize. And so that that kind of sucked as far as, you know, we're talking gameplay and, and whatnot. And also the fact that he plays Rashid, a character that a lot of people are not huge fans of, that, you know, can be frustrating to play against. Um, that didn't really do Capcom or Street Fighter V any favors. But the whole thing was very fun to watch through and through. And again, amazing stuff by Gachikun and congratulations to him. Um, it just, yeah. Speaking of which, oh, go ahead. No, I'm just gonna play a little bit of the uh, the match here. You it's a really interesting tournament, it. just because because this is like the only tournament all year where you get you know weeks knowing who you're gonna play, and you know you're playing mm -hmm. for this much, and you know it's this big a deal. It feels so hard to call every match because some people take this time and they run with it, and some people don't, right? Like, Momochi played so differently and so much better than he's been playing for months. And, and other people played a lot worse. And, you know, CJ Truth, who played amazing uh, to get into the tournament, you know, uh, a couple weeks ago, looked like he was off his game, maybe because he wasn't ready to prepare for a tournament like this. It's just such a different level of stress and such a different level of preparation that goes into this tournament. And I think that's why it's so hard to predict every year. We had we had two weeks preparation. Daigo go zero and two. Yeah, we, let's take a look at the results because there were some uh, big surprises. Uh, I mean, starting off with the name you said, Daigo, one of the four guys, one of the eight, excuse me, who went zero and two. Nemo going zero and two, maybe not a surprise to some, mm -hmm. but Verloren and Oil King both going zero and two. So you had three of three top seeds going down real quick at a tournament like this. That's a bit of a surprise to me. Uh, was, were there any other shocks to you in that group? Mike? In the O and two group? Yeah. Um, Oil King was a big one. Who was his first round match? Do we remember off the top of our head? Um, I can pull it back up. Oil King was against. Was it Itabashi, maybe? Uh, Oil King was against Momochi. Momo okay, so that's the other yeah. one. Momochi, I guess. Daigo's the most surprising to me on this list. And Daigo did nearly win his first round match. He had a comeback mounted against Punk and, and was pretty close to taking it. But then once he lost that, yeah, he went down. Um, it's a lot of people that I maybe expect. I mean, honestly, of that group, Piccolo was almost the closest to win his first round match, he nearly beat yeah, Fujimura. Fujimura. Yeah. And he played really good in the other match he lost as well. I mean, none of them like completely jobbed out. It was, I mean, it's obviously a tough tournament. Going into a Capcom Cup is, is usually losing to two people who have won premier events. So, I mean. And, and Daigo, to his credit, the, the game that he did win was like an unofficial double perfect. He got a perfect on Punk, and then he had some gray damage so that he didn't get you know credit for the perfect, but he still had, you know, if, if he had waited and, and gotten the life pack, it would have been a perfect as well. So it's like, it wasn't like he just got washed. But but yeah, to see to see Daigo go 0-2, especially with all we've talked about, his time for preparation and whatnot, was was pretty crazy. Gachikun had just gotten picked up by Red Bull recently, right? Yep. 
Yeah. He you, was he was definitely like a sleeper that shouldn't have been a sleeper. He's been killing it at the end of the season. And he's been, I think most Rashids would tell you, even when he wasn't the one winning, he's been the Rashid, you know, forerunner since season one. What's up with his Rashid? What, what did you glean from watching? He was so optimal all tournament. In a tournament where I felt like a lot of people played nervous and a lot of people kind of scaled back their gameplay because they felt like they were in Capcom Cup and wanted to make sure they were doing things they could do. Gachi Kun went for everything. He was going for optimal combos. He was playing the the Rashid versus Abigail matchup like we've no one's ever seen before, running away the entire time. He just brought out things that that people weren't ready for. And Idabashi obviously still gave him a run for his money. What was he doing right? Idabashi. He was using was, Abigail, who's a stupid dumb character. Fifty fifty. So Idabashi. Played most of his matchups versus zoning characters, right? He had to play versus Guile twice, I think. He played versus Minot. He played versus Rashid, who was mostly throwing fireballs the whole time. And every time he got V-Trigger, he made sure to make it count. And his his offensive game was just impeccable, and there's nothing else to say there. Yeah, but how sick is it for Red Bull to have <laughs> the characters and ability to put on a Red Bull? They were doing the ads before anybody else. Um, look at look at him using that badass Red Bull blue shirt. Yeah, and those were were better received, I think, than these current ones um, by by a lot because they look like they're better implemented. The other oh, ones yeah. look like iron. They look like they were designed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like they look like they put the Red Bull logo somewhere and thought about it. Yeah. yeah. Um. How about the group that went one and two? The people who bowed out just before top sixteen. Who were them?s uh, Do you have a list of that? Uh, I do uh, the second page of results. So that's a group that includes Haitani, uh, someone who I thought would do pretty well. Uh, Mago, Mena. I have a theory on why Mena didn't uh, win his matches. He, and what would he, that he be? kept the blue? I mean the blue, the yellow Mohawk, and he didn't put the uh, the Mena RD fade on Birdie. That clearly would have made the difference. Now, this crew is the crazy one to me because you have several people, NL, Sako, uh, Luffy, and Fudo, all have recently won gigantic tournaments. And some like there was a point in the season where Sako was looking like the best player. There was a point in the season where NL was looking like the best player. Fudo has consistently been... I mean, Fudo could be maybe one of the most consistent players in all of Street Fighter V history. So it just shows that this year there was less dead seeds than ever. Even... The third string Latin America qualifier nearly beat Fujimura. I mean, there is just no one this year who wasn't absolutely top, top level. Absolutely. And do you feel like, because um, you know, people have complained about the way Street Fighter V wants you to play to be successful. Um, do you think that people are getting into those nooks and crannies and uh, really playing the way that maybe year one, year two, they weren't? Is that even a thing in your mind? That's what the, uh, the two players that exemplify that to me were Fujimura and Gachikun, who I felt like were truly kind of controlling the game in a way people didn't used to think was possible. Now, Itazan getting second kind of makes that look a little bit different, but you know, there was no Kami in top eight, there was no Guile in top eight, there was no Akuma in top eight. It's obvious that even, you know, like in the LCQ and, and a month ago, it was all top tier is going to win everything, and then this time it, it wasn't so. Hey, John, one of the things that was on social media, people were mentioning... Oh, there was Minot in top eight, sorry. But. Uh, Justin was, uh, was the fact that Justin was playing real lame, which is classic Justin style. How was that received uh, there in the venue? 
Oh, people were really rooting for Justin. Yeah. Especially in top eight. I think he was, was he the only American? Yes. Yeah. So there was that. You know, Justin also, uh, he was on social media just before this. He was saying that in 2019, I'm looking forward to playing other games. He expressed some distaste for things like Street Fighter V's netcode. And it really felt going into this that he wasn't, his heart wasn't all there. And, um, and so, and, and then you have, you know, then you have Justin traditionally not doing too hot in Capcom Cup. So for him to do this well, I think people were already sort of aware that, like, they weren't expecting it. And then it started to happen. And that piqued interest very quickly. And then he gets into top eight on the winner's side with, um, yeah, and, and yes, his play is lame, but he's expected to do that. And, and because he's put his stamp on that style so much that people are very much willing to digest it, to see where it goes. And so um, through all that, and, and his you know beating Problem X, both of them playing super lame and uh, going to timeout like every other round, and then the way he popped off, you could see Justin go from this, I don't really care about this, I'm looking forward to 2019, into, yes, let's do this, let's go. And with someone with as much storied history as him, uh, you couldn't help but get behind him. Um. I just uh, I hate to make the comparison because it's totally not necessary. But uh, the fact that we celebrate that and enjoy that and can appreciate that versus that one time I'm still scarred at one evil I went to and people were giving hungry box shit for playing lame. Like man, that takes a lot of skill and dedication and mental acumen. And, yeah. Now it was it was the third Capcom Cup. It's the third region we've had win the Capcom Cup, and then Europe, the region who hasn't won one Evo this year. So I think SF5 is definitely like. And the Capcom Pro Tour have definitely accomplished the whole World Warrior thing. There's no denying that every region's a threat now, and I think that's really entertaining to see. Um, yeah. It, entertaining to see, uh, um, but if we're done talking about and transitioning out into uh, broader topics here of Street Fighter V, somebody had a take that they threw me uh, today. Was like, uh, we were talking with some coworkers, and they were like, yeah, man, but no trailer that revealed all the characters. And they are like, dude, the game's on a downswing. Like, they're, They don't need to deliver as much anymore. Uh, they're already mentally transitioning to Street Fighter Six, and that's why it's not as important. How do you feel about that? And we're talking about World Warriors, every region, but we're potentially about to end the life cycle I, of the game in a year. I or two. feel like we still have a good two years. We're like just barely over the halfway point, if that's the case. You know, like 2019 and 2020. I don't. And and 2018 has been a very good year as far as Street Fighter Five improvements. You know, we started the whole thing off with the, the end of Capcom Cup last year. We knew Arcade Edition was coming, but then they gave us all six DLC characters, one of which was Sakura. We kind of knew that. But then we also got Sagat. We got Cody. And then very intriguing Falk and, um, and G. And then Blanca. It's like, hey, that was, uh, I, I liken that to a, a grand slam of an announcement. And that was coming off the heels of season two, where they didn't let us know what the characters were at all. And people were like, well, I'm putting money out for characters I don't even know. Um, they, they leveled that up. They released all the characters in a very timely manner. They fixed the net code. Uh, they, I mean, I'm sorry, they fixed the input lag. Uh, but there was so much. <laughs> if they <laughs> did was, that, man, that would have been amazing. Right, right. And we're, we're kind of half expecting it to happen at this point with all of the progress that they've made, especially coming off of like the first year or two of catch-up, and it, it seemed like they weren't listening to the people at all. So going into this Capcom Cup, remembering last year's Capcom Cup, expectations were very high and this one um i mean it felt more like a ground rule double than a grand slam 
it's just this weird incremental schedule where like, I mean, maybe it's incremental because that's what they have, but everything keeps coming and trickling in and it's like just enough to lead to the next one. But even when they released Arcade Edition, it's like, was Arcade Edition really that big of a change? No, Arcade Edition didn't have the input lag fixes. Arcade Edition isn't the one that brought that was the, I don't even remember what Arcade Edition it did. It brought new beach figures and it brought single player. It, Arcade Edition was an acknowledgement of all the things that well a lot of the things that people were complaining about. Right. The lack of single player modes, the lack of self expression was at least attempted to be fixed. You know, with extra beach figures and such. But I mean, it was a big deal and the whole overhaul. It was like Street Fighter Five is officially being released now. Everything else before this was kind of like a soft opening. Yeah, but then it's just like everything keeps happening in small patches over time, and it's, I don't know. And, and of course, we'll get to the patch in a sec, but they reeled a new character, already playable. Um, they shot themselves in the foot a little bit by wanting to make it, presumably they want, as a result of wanting to make it available immediately after the event, they had to basically boot it into your system early, it got leaked and mined or whatever, and there was pictures of this character hours before he was officially revealed, well, which kind of sapped the energy. Mode. Huh? And run into them like the the FGC is savage. They they um they found out that not only was he on the character select screen, but you could go into survival mode and play it and get randomly matched up against him. And so they were getting footage of him already too. And yeah, that really took the wind out of the sails for the announcement. And you could tell like Ono was up there and everyone was just chanting Kage at him. And it's like yeah, well, what do we do from here? He did the announcement. They did the Shoryuken, the dark. How do I show you? The, the, the Metsu. <laughs> the Metsu, yeah. And then, but then he couldn't, you know, he couldn't get off the stage fast enough, it felt like. And it, it was still a good thing, right? We got the balance patch and we got the, uh, the new character. Roll that trailer playable. for the balance patch if you have it, Ilan. Yeah, that, that, that was cool to see. And it was like, okay, well, this makes it a little more than uh, just this lackluster Kage La Cagaron uh, video because that wasn't exciting. But you were saying, John? Well, so it, it's good that we got the stuff, but as far as putting the the, the, the sparkle on it and, and having a hype reveal, one reveal was nowhere near as good as last year. You know, it's six characters, um, and this is one new one. It's like, yeah, Evil Ryu is probably the one to bury the torch, being like the first one to come in. People really love him. And, uh, and the fact that he's, it seems to be an attempt at putting a Street Fighter Four character in Street Fighter Five. I think is going to make a lot of people happy. Uh, if that is indeed how he ends up playing, and it, it seems like that's what he's that's what he is, but it, it just was so much less, and the expectation bar had put been put so much higher. Um, um, you know, like it, it was just like not a very good look. And and then paired with the patch notes, that was exciting. But all it took was a little bit of reading, and as Donka was kind of getting at a lot of like, so if you're a top tier character player then you're losing some of your a lot of your stuff so it's like oh that sucks even if it's if, if you're cami player and you go well yeah i deserve it though and then a lot of the mid-tier characters didn't get much or they got like arbitrary i mean how so do you feel as an akali player reading those notes you were excited for something right and you got nothing uh, yes. no changes yes. zero changes arbitrary, well well he got he got his v trigger one move buffed so that hopefully it's it's going to be used uh and and like so in some theory fighting i'm like yeah maybe i can use that and and but it's not going to change him as a character uh, outside of that, and I don't think that that's going to be. I think it's pretty arbitrary. Sorry, my dog's crazy. It's it's pretty arbitrary, and I think that that is the general takeaway for a lot of characters, especially in the mid tier. Now, for those that play Alex and for those that play Sakura and maybe Vega, although you were saying that 
he, he know, got buffed. Don't get me wrong. Just, he he got fun changes. I just don't think he's great. But right, some of the low tier. So so everyone has an expectation, right? And is hoping for something good. So the patch note release was was a downer for most people. Even if and, and it's not to say that this pa balance patch is bad. We're bringing the high tier characters down a little bit, which is good for everybody else below them. But as far as like. I want to open up a present on Christmas morning and get something. That feeling wasn't there for a lot of players. And and if we've learned anything, like we, we saw this season, I think two patch notes, we saw that Vega was going to be like the best character in the game, and he absolutely wasn't. So it's one thing to see them on paper. It's another thing to see how it all plays out once people have been using them. Like Vega's the, the best player in the game, character in the game now. He has an increased throw range. See, I, th I think a part of that is that people weren't just expecting a rebalance. People were expecting a whole game-changing new mechanic or something. Some characters yeah. got I some mean, stuff. What about Bison's little reversal thing? About, that was pretty I, sick. I just feel like there's a difference between like a season 3.5 patch where you're expecting tuning and then like a, a third year we're doing a big Capcom Cups over-rebalance where you expect a little more than what we got. There was basically no system changes even though there's things that people want it changed some characters got nerfed i mean it, i think if you really love street fighter 5 it was a fine patch i don't think they did anything egregious they buffed bad characters they nerfed good ones they kept the middle ones the same the game is likely more balanced than it was before so on that good but it, as steve said it wasn't an exciting patch and i think that's what what people want so mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's necessarily fair or not, you know. You're right. Game, it is a little unfair. They did a decent job balancing it, and we should be happy about that. But is, is the game a better game today than it was last week? It probably, probably. is. So I, I don't think that's a bad thing. People were just expecting the moon from this, and this was not the moon. This was, you know, an eighth moon. Exactly. Like, it, the expectation bar on all of these fronts was set in such a way that it, it really wasn't met. And and so it's like, the thing about that is, though, it's like, it's not very fair, especially in terms of patch notes, and I agree with you, but this is, this is the end of the year. This is Capcom's opportunity to, and their obligation even, to get people excited to play their game in 2019. And with, you know, kind of unprofessionally dropping the ball with the, uh, with releasing the, the stuff like two hours early, and then uh, like, like I was saying earlier, like it wasn't a very hype champion for Capcom Cup, even though it was well-deserved and all of that. Um, and then you have a single character release, which people are, if you play online right now, at least in my experience, it's like 80% of the players you run into are playing Kage, which is a good sign. But it certainly isn't, you know, we don't know the, the, the identities and we can't talk about like, oh, how do you think, you know, Poison or how do you think Viper is going to play or, and, and things like that. Like, there isn't a ton to, to discuss. We're not really talking about the champion. We're not talking about the seasons, you know, the next season's characters. Um, and the balance changes are kind of leaving people like, oh, crap. So right now where it should be get super hyped for 2019 and now we have this few months before the season starts again, it's like... There's going to be a lot of people that might not come back because they're like, I, I, I expect them to, I mean, I'm not basing us on anything other than, I'm not expecting a trailer, but I expect them to explain soon, hey, this is why there's no character or something to that effect. This is what's coming for 2019. Um, enjoy Kage in the meantime, which we're seeing his trailer right now. I'll give them a positive, which is that Kage looks like animation wise a lot better than the last few characters they've released. And he also looks like he has some cool weird moves.
So, Delon, you've that's been. That's another thing about him, yeah. It, uh, it, just it, really it, quickly. Yeah, go ahead. He, he's a character that looks like he'll be fun to watch. He does look like fun. All the, the V trigger stuff with his teleports and his V trigger 2, like teleport into the air and come down. Uh, imagine what Sako's going to come up with with this character. I just saw a desk video, right? And it's yeah. like. This stuff is really cool, the mix-ups and things, so he's he's definitely a character for a spectator sport kind of game. Well, let's wait Horns on that, because like, at the end of Street Fighter 4, I would say 90% of the stuff we were seeing out of every Evil Ryu was the same, or roughly the same. Boom, Roasted, what's up with that, that like, Steve? Dude, John. everybody plays Kage, then <laughs> it'll be boring quickly, but I'm saying that he has the potential, he's a flashy-looking character. He looks like he has a lot of flash potential, which is good if he's if he's being played moderately, you know, that you, you know Kage pops up and like, oh, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens here. I think, I think Ultra David said it best, though, um, which is that I can't believe they buffed Sakura because if her animations make it to the Capcom Cup finals, Capcom mm. stock is going to half. <laughs> like, I don't know what they're... I don't know what they're thinking with that one. Elon was playing Kage and he was saying he was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yep. See? Confirmed. <laughs> um, See, they, they did also confirm that uh, Capcom Cup or Capcom Pro Tour is coming back for did. 2019. Yeah, but and I don't think anybody assumed that, otherwise. Uh, final round. Well, it's nice to have that announcement right away. Sure. Just saying, hey, you know, we're not leaving you in the ground. We're doing this again. So. But speaking of this, just going back to this reveal for a second. Yeah, man, I guess I'm just salty because I really wanted it. Expectation was set. Well, that doesn't, I guess that kind of counts. No, that's not what I meant. I meant, like, what are the characters that are potentially coming out? Yeah. Well, they did say that they're doing things differently this year. What does that mean is what I would like to know. Sounds like scaling back to me. It does, right? And then based, and then you don't see any silhouettes, and I'm like, Ugh. that trailer was so cool last year. That's all I'm saying. There's some speculation on that front. Like, Damn obviously it. nothing official, but the idea that when they say doing things differently, that maybe with you know they just had the free to play thing, and we got the ads going now, and it's like maybe the transition is to uh, ultimately make the game free to play, and you pay for the characters and the costumes and such, and they're going to that model. John, um, again, you're a journalist for eventhubs.com. Why aren't you in there grilling Michael Martin, getting him some <laughs> drinks, trying to siphon that information out of him, <laughs> and then giving us the scoop here? Or, you know, after you discuss Michael it on your Martin podcast for eventhubs.com. I don't think they're going to go free-to-play for this game simply because there's 99% of anyone who has interest in playing Street Fighter V already either has it or has made up their mind you know okay 2020 comes 2020 capcom cup is over and then they announce free to play if they announce sf5's free to play in 2020 i'll punch everyone there in the face because they're like seven years too late but yeah i do think i do think they are testing the waters to see what you know maybe do it for their next offering be it street fighter 6 or whatever that next fighting game is I do think they're going down that road. It would make um, sense that if they went free to play Street Fighter the Five, next free to play, please, 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 they please, would shoot themselves anything. in the foot for Street Fighter Six. It'd be like, why would I play Street Fighter Six if you just made Street Fighter Five free to play? See what I'm saying? Okay. Um, what else we got here? Anything else on the patch notes? Anything else on the reveals? Any other considerations? I do like that they gave bad characters a lot of new things. I don't think they were necessarily problem solvers for them. I don't think I think a lot of those characters are still bad for the same reasons they were bad. But I think they did a good job giving fun buffs to some of these characters. Like Vega is more fun to play now. I think he still sucks, but he's more fun. And I think they should have made I think they could have made changes like that for good characters. 
Like, they could have nerfed Cammy and gave her something fun to do. Like, they gave Vega a lot of new things that aren't, aren't very good, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Vega still sucks. Um, Not playing. Do we want to talk about ads? No, I want to ask you how we did on our predictions, Steve. Uh, let's pull up that graphic. Everyone did uh, pretty bad, to be fair. It, it wasn't outstanding. But, this is the worst uh, year I've had, I think. There, there, out of the four, there was only one person who got to ten wins in the first round. Okay, so let's talk about who wins the chundle, though. Uh, let's go ahead and just move yeah, on just to move the on ads. To it doesn't no matter who got one. ten. Uh, it doesn't matter. It, it, and still. Hashtag and still. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I, I am the champion of predictions at Capcom. I no. sit here and I try to make fun predictions and try to guess weird wild cards, and Steve just picks chalk, and congrats, dude. Like, everyone's... I was the only one that picked against Daigo. How is that chalk? It's because you're a dick. <laughs> yeah, that's just because you're a dick. Quit being a dick, Steve. I'm God. sorry for, for trying to lead our viewers into making their predictions correct speaking of we do we uh, have the results of the uh contest we ran mm -hmm. on did you win that too i did not i did not what enter. a dick uh but i can tell you who did win let's ben hear it Winter. damn he kicked everyone's ass he was the only person to put gachi kun on his team wow uh, smart yeah and no one had uh, excuse me. No one had Edazan. Never bet against okay. Rashid. So I I talked to him when I was trying to get his contact info for getting in the game, and I asked him what what made him pick that team, and he said that he went with three safe names, and then one kind of sleeper name that was really good, but didn't think a lot of people would pick. Uh, worked out well for him. So congratulations, Ben. You've got a copy of Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Collection coming your way. Good stuff, man. Way to go, bro. Thanks to Soften Drunk for subscribing. Thanks for Soften Drunk. Love you. Oh, I guess the last thing I'll say about the patch notes is characters that I think are definitely going to be good. Um, the one that everyone's saying it seems most obvious is Bison, who got buffed and was already considered to be a pretty and already one Evo. Already a really dang good character. Uh, I think Rashid arguably got buffed. He has better Oki now uh, after his combos. That's going to be a top-tier character. Colleen was a character who got like some serious buffs and was already considered quite good. So those are my first three picks I will tell you I think are definitely going to be extremely good in What character four. next year will never make a top eight at a premiere? Oh, God. Well, I mean, there's a lot of easy ones you can pick for there. But what's a character that I'm trying to think of? Okay, Abigail, again. Abigail actually <laughs> oh, fucking sucks go. now. You're going to lock Abigail this in. Abigail actually fucking sucks now. Um, I'm not going to say he won't make top eight at a premiere because all the grapplers suck. So I think Edison will like continue picking him and still win tournaments. But... Abigail fucking sucks ass now. You did it. Congrats. Like, he's actually bad. All right. Uh, changing topics here. Do we want to give away the uh, chundle? Or should we save that to the end, make people wait? That's a little industry trick to keep people on the hook and not to leave let, our damn let, channel. Let, let, I don't think that's saving people here. Let's save it because we've still got um, – Did we? T I wanted to talk about the ads a little bit. Okay, let's hit it. Uh, because right after Capcom Cup, uh, street, the Street Fighter Twitter account tweeted out a quote from 
Onosan, who said, quote, we value and thank our community for providing feedback on the new sponsored content feature added to Street Fighter V Arcade Edition this week. We will continue collecting everyone's feedback to consider how we can improve this new feature for players in the what future. Do you, what kind of feedback do you think they were getting? Uh, I, I think there is a portion of the audience that said this is terrible. Mm-hmm. I think there's another portion of the audience that said this sucks. <laughs> I think there's another segment that said this is the dumbest fucking thing you've done. <laughs> and, um, and on the and- long list... <laughs> Is it because of the execution, though? Because obviously they look like stickers that were just slapped on. So Everybody likes stickers, well done, though. If they were well done, like the Red Bull ones, would people be upset? I, I think that. I think it's the ad question. that shows before the game, not the little things on the people's elbows. It's That's- everything. Everything, I feel, was so poorly implemented. The ads, which were on every single game this weekend at Capcom Cup, it felt like... Yeah, it it, it 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 didn't feel that out of place on the stream, but if I'm playing and I see, hey, this game is supported by another costume pack that you want me to buy, even though I already spent $60 on the game, that's going to leave a terrible taste on my mouth, in my mouth. Obviously, the costumes are so, are are terrible, but the big thing about it is for fight money for each thing you have on. <laughs> Not like I could understand if it was five because <laughs> five is just a number you throw out there like, oh, let's just give them a few and go with it. <laughs> Multiple of five or ten. You had to go through meetings. You had to do calculations. You had to come up with the number four. Four or five money is probably exactly enough that you can never buy a fucking character again. So, I mean, I don't know. They, they did the math. did the math. I forget what it was. It was like 2,000 wins you have to have to buy a character or now it's like 1825 or something like that. <laughs> I don't know the numbers, but... And that's coupled, yeah. and that was coupled with uh, the rebalance to earning fight money, uh, so that a lot of those missions that were repeatable are now not repeatable. Yeah, the games become less free to play than ever. Like I don't, I don't, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. What I want to know, or what I wish had happened, was they, and I, maybe it was hard to do, but they should have just held back. Was um, have some sponsors lined up, have some actual ads that are different from what they were running every single time uh, up. Throw a freaking Red Bull ad on there. Throw something. Um, other than just their own ads, which I thought made it look, dare I say, silly. Yeah, it, well, and to me, I get where everyone's coming from. They looked pretty goofy. They're, I mean, you could be mad that they're a little, I guess, what, invasive or something or take away from the experience. I was talking to Born Free. He shit himself over these because he says that they take away from the mysticism of the characters that people love. Um, like when you cover up Akuma's kanji with a Capcom Pro Tour logo. But they're not actually doing that, are they? Yes. And and so it's like and, and like the stuff that don't Tour have enough clothes. Yeah. The, the characters that don't have enough clothes, like Nikali, they give him a belt, like a championship belt, like they're like he's a wrestler and some like arm bracelets that have the logo. Now, yes, it looks shoddy and it's very obviously a prototype for something else. I, I think that they're using Street Fighter V right now as a as a guinea pig, at least in this avenue, and that makes sense to me. And I'm like, fine, this is probably going to lead into something that ultimately benefits the game in the future. And and I I mean, first of all, you can turn them off, and maybe we'll go to a place where you can't turn them off, and sure, people can have their reservations about that. But 
like it doesn't i mean man there there are better hills to die on in my opinion than to worry about all this and i don't think that this is very indicative of how things are going to be once whatever they're trying to do is actually implemented like right now again like i said it's it's like a prototype Damn, I just realized how late in the show we are, and there's plenty of stuff that we could spend a lot of time talking on. Uh, I'm going to move us on. Sorry, uh, Steve, I know you're about to say something. But uh, the Evil Japan list was finalized, and there were some surprises there. Um, let's move on to that, and we have two more topics, and then we'll give away the chundle. Not yeah. To be, yeah, all right. So Evil Japan list, do we have that in a graphic, Elon? We do not. However, we can uh, do a little screen grabber here, and I'll put it on my screen. And uh, we can discuss. I, I just find it sad that Cap that someone in Capcom said, you know what, let's pre- replace the U.S. flag tattoo on Guile with a <laughs> Capcom Pro Tour ad. And everyone thought, brilliant! That's amazing! Let's do that! It was disappointing. You're right. Yeah, I mean, I feel... I literally feel bad because I feel like I've just been so negative all day. But, like, the Evo Japan thing was just another downturn, right? Where you're like... So here we are. missing all these let, games. Let me rattle them off for you. Evo Japan 2019 main titles are as follows. Tekken 7, Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle, Soul Calibur 6, Street Fighter V Arcade Edition, King of Fighters... What is that, 14? Guilty Gear, Exert Rev 2. We were working with the game community to support the other titles not included. A lot of people were like, yo, we're Smash. Where's Dragon Ball? Yeah. Yo, where's Dragon Ball? No, I mean, I can't blame <laughs> Evo for that, right? I mean, obviously, someone told them we want a jillion dollars for this, and they said we can't, but it kind of sucks. I mean, I know, I know Evo Japan had a lot of problems last year, and, I mean, this is obviously, like, those are two major games with their own scenes that might not be coming this year, so it's it, it's a letdown. Now, does it, just because you slap an Evo tag on it, does that mean that it has to be on the level of Evo? Well, that's what people are expecting. You know, that that their brand name is the massive be-all, end-all fighting game tournament. And if you have an event that's literally called Evo Japan, people are expecting a, je- a version of that in Japan. Not necessarily like, you know, something with Millionaut, Arthur, and Grand Blue, or Fantasy Versus, and all of that. They want the Evo experience in this corner of the world and it's tough to for a good chunk of people to be excited about that if one of the most popular game two of the most popular games isn't there now that's not on evo you know licensing hell is a real thing and we're finding that out with you know how difficult it was to get uh tekken and uh dragon ball fighters working with machinima for that body count fighting so it, it just sucks that they that it's not working at this event. Um you make a People good point. People call it great value Evo and discount Evo and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, great value got me. Well I but uh, you know, we talk about expectations, you know. This is still Are we entitled sec- little FTC brats? Is that what's going on here? I don't know. I, I wouldn't say entitled, but this is the second year that this event exists. So it, it's very difficult for an event of this scale to hit everything first time. You know, most of the most of the big successful tournaments that we're used to started small or smaller and then built up. This was zero to 100 real quick. 
All right. Any other thoughts there on Evil Japan? Because I don't know if you know this, but 2B is about to be playable today, if I'm not mistaken, on Soul Calibur 6. I bet you Alon's excited. I bet you Alon's excited. I bet you Alon's going to say something right now about it. Meh. Come on, dog. That's all you got. See, I think people are excited about playing 2B. I think people are equally as excited about having 2B's costumes options available. What you implying? Is this the same line of thinking of people who are really appreciated? Yeah, you beat me to it. I feel like you said we had a bunch of important topics to get to, and I'm seeing that one of them is Grand Blue Fantasy Fighter, and that's like the last one. We're going to wash the taste of CPT out of your mouth with some Grand Blue Fantasy Fighter. Do you have a trailer for that, Elon? Look at this. Hey, can somebody on the dais tell me what this game is? Um, there's like some... Uh, it looks sick! Chinese cartoon that you can watch, and they turned it into Guilty Gear. Is this the Caballeros del Zodiaco? Yes. That's cool. Is that, uh, what's that guy from uh, Thundercats? Snarf? Snarf. This game looks great! What are you complaining about? And it's about? an Arxis game! It's How many? Well, it seems to be running in four frames per second. Um, Dude, what do you need all those extra frames for? I don't know. What was weird to me about this game is that they did the thing where they talked about being an easy fighter again. And I feel like even if your game is an easy fighter, you should advertise it as a hard fighter. Because no one wants to hear that it's an easy fighter. I don't think casuals like that. I don't think... I Pros definitely don't like that. I feel like it's kind of lost its luster, and at this point, it's it's code word for you can hit A a bunch of times through a combo. Which you shouldn't do anyway, because that's not optimal. Well, you know what they actually Oh, said? now you have something to say, Yes, on? they actually said that uh, they were trying to shy away from combos in this game, if I recall yeah. correctly. So I'd be interested to see what they think of it. Not so much shying away from combos, but they don't want it to be combo heavy. Like they they don't want they want it to be shorter combos, uh, more footsie based, uh, more spacing based. So it's not exactly going to be press two buttons and you got to. We're rapidly approaching uh, saturation if we're not already past that point. But I think this game looks fantastic. The graphics are good. Yeah, good for sure. Well, you're saying it's got shitty frame rate and that you hate it. Well, I just thought it was weird with the trailer. I don't know. I don't know anything about it. I just feel like, like, how thin is the the Arxis team spread right now? Because they've got this, they've got Blade Tag, they've still got Guilty Gear that they might be doing something with. It, it, they, they have their hands in so many things, and I, I hope they can do it all well. Um, we do know that, or at least we assume that there's not going to be a Persona 5 alert for a while because the rumor is that that was delayed to uh, make room for this. So, no. good. No, go ahead. Well, you know, we had the CPT, and at one point the big dream was that the CPT would not only be a Street Fighter, but it would also include Marvel, and that obviously pancakes pretty hard. Um, so now we get a bunch of Arxis games. Are they going to try to see if they can make that a thing? Was it, were there any Marvel Infinite fans thinking they'd hear something last week? I'm I, wondering, I like, was not. there one with a glimmer of hope? I, I don't think know. anybody was like, because even, even, they were even teasing it. And even homeboy uh, Filipino champ was like, ooh, my team's going to have Magneto. Whoops. Um, <laughs> but everybody was like, who gives a shit? Don't care. 
not even you, who made top 32 at Evo one time. Oh, yeah, well. Top 25. Same difference in a double limb. <laughs> that is a cool thing to do. Like, all top eight placers should say they got top seven now. <laughs> Just, um, okay. So I did uh, speed through that a little too quickly, and now we have nine minutes left of the show. We are going to give away a chundle, and we're also going to say some nice things about the year in review, 2018. Now, after this show, we're going to be gone for Christmas. We're going to be gone the first week of January. We'll come back the second week of January with... Steve, do you want to tell us what we're doing? Uh, we're probably going to do some stuff on the show. Exactly. Thank you. That is a perfect pitch. You've given them all the information they need. You'll want to be a part of it. What are you laughing at? You saw something in the chat? I just No, I just thought it was a really good pitch. That's a great um, pitch. If you're not enthused. More specifically, when we come back, we're going to have the Besties, our second annual award show to honor the best and brightest in the fighting game community uh, in 2018. So we're talking about the tournaments we like, the matches we like, the players, the moments, the moments from our show. The pop-offs. The pop-offs, the... Uh, the saltiest tweet. I don't know. We're <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. Okay. We, I, we might have. And to it's do just going to be like five of Christie's tweets. Say what? <laughs> Can we have a few worsties? Yeah, we'll throw in a couple worsties. Oh, the worsties. Oh, I like the worsties. Oh, this is getting great already. The worst of five. So then, uh, and we're going to open it up. Obviously, we want to hear from you guys. We'll participate. And we'll kick off the new year, a brand new year full of hope by looking back at the previous year. Uh, and dragging that into the new year with us. Okay. So we can be done with it. Um, uh, nominations. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the next couple of days, we will finalize the nomination uh, list or the list of categories. And we're going to open it up to nominations on our Discord. So that's where you got to be if you want to participate. Now, let me ask you guys a question starting with John. John, what was your favorite moment of 2018? Within the context of the fighting game community. Putting you on the spot, go. You can answer in three seconds, three, two, one. Negan. <laughs> That's all we needed to hear. Steve, how about you, bud? And don't, you're, oh. not getting, you're not on the payroll anymore, so don't give me some tech and bullshit. <laughs> Honestly, my favorite part is going to be in about seven minutes when I don't have any more fighting game responsibilities. Uh, what a jerk. It, it yeah yeah I love the FGC I, I this isn't me saying I hate anything this is me saying I've got a lot going on in my life and it would be nice to not have you know to it's nice I'm going to appreciate this little bit of a break coming up now granted it's still going to be we still got uh, Dragon Ball Fighters World Tour coming up uh, but you know. It's, yeah, it, 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 there's a lot going on. Mike? Personally. There was a couple. I think a lot of them are weighted towards the beginning of the year. I thought the year started off really strong. Uh, the reveal of season three with all six characters at once was a moment we were really like, wow, things are turning around for Street Fighter V. I thought final round for Dragon Ball Fighters when we had, like, the top Japanese player call out the top American player, and, and people were actually extremely excited to see it happen. I thought that was a lot of fun. Um, 
I hope we get more of that next year and, and more games able to to carry on the hype rather than kind of having a big moment and flustering off. It feels like our scene's gotten to the point where if you don't see something new in the game and, and you know, every couple months, they, they, they get bored with it. And I'm one of those people. So I wonder what we can do to change that. But it was it was a fun year. My favorite moment of 2018, FTC-related, was none other than the moment in which Sonic Fox was named Esports Player of the Year <laughs> in front of a live audience, 25 million people watching. That was a good moment for all of us. A rising tide my, lifts all boats, and he my, is the tide. My new favorite moment is uh, the moment you came back after uh, Camila was born. Oh. Uh, <laughs> that scared Mike. I was hiding behind these curtains over here. He really for like did. I know I did. Legitimately did not know. Because, like, <laughs> every week we were talking in chat, like, Okay, are are you going to be able to make it this week? No, nah, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to be able to make it. So we literally had no idea that he was there until he popped up. That was great, wasn't it? We missed you. Hey, thanks, dog. I'm glad to be back. And um, it's not an FPC event, but also the highlight of the year was the birth of my first child. Okay, let's give away a motherfucking channel. Before we do that. Oh, uh, we should ask you what your favorite moment was? No. Uh, I just want to thank everybody that's up today, and I didn't get a chance to read off names, so I'm going well, to do it now. Well, let's do it, boy. Uh, let's see. Zero Star X, Die by Sword gifted a sub to Johnny Kage. Space Dive, Die by Sword gifted a jump to Nicholas Kage. Demon Dan, <laughs> <laughs> Die by Sword gifting a sub to Das Donkey, Finitude, and Please No Bully. Ace King Offsuit, Mike Strikes Back for the 100 Bits, Lionheart, Lionheart G, Canny, Followed. Uh, the Noble Ali, and finally, NDO. Oh, no, wait, there's more. Damn it. Uh, NDO, <laughs> NDO <laughs> Die by Sword gifting us up to DJ Nipple. Kwanzai, Die by Sword gifting us up to J- Space Jam OST. Uh, so effing drunk. Uh, Trevzor, and Die by Sword gifting us up to 2B or not 2B. <laughs> <No. laughs> That's a good one. Not even a real person, but thank All you. Right. All right. Thank you to everybody who subbed, not only today, but throughout the year. It meant a lot. Uh, it keeps us going. And it makes us feel good about ourselves and what we're doing. And uh, it's positive reinforcement that we should and keep I doing And I think it. my last final Thursday, so hopefully next year I'll be able to actually not be taking finals during the stuff. Yeah, but uh, it's not like you're done with law school, are you? No, but I don't have to take finals. Ever again? Not until what's May. Up, what's up with law school? <laughs> okay, so can we give away a chundle? What are the names? You already added names? Yeah, I've been adding names all the time. Tell me what names are so, on there. Big Four Lil, Nonstop Climax Action, <laughs> Concept 5, Juice Man Jude, Nick 88100, <laughs> Formerly Unknown, Icona Kona, Cyanide, and Vicious FPC. So here's the thing. If Vicious it, is on there? Yep. Oh here's God. the thing. If it lands on any square other than purple, it's rigged. Okay. I better not win this, and Vicious better not win this. God damn it! <laughs> Look, you, you jinxed it. That's your own fault. Oh my god. Can we, can I we... swear to fucking god, that's not rigged! I swear <laughs> that's not rigged! I just wanted you to win. Oh, that looks so bad. Alright, it's rigged. I lied. Thanks for giving out any costumes to us, Cyanide Doctor. It's really not rigged, I swear. You know what? You know what? Fuck it. I'm I'm gonna drop this one. Spin it again. 
We're giving out two chunk chunk things. Grand finals. Add all new names, please. This one. Oh, that's gonna be tough, but okay. Can we just do another one? We got a minute. Okay. In the meantime, while you do that, Elon, Ultra Chan's coming on right after us. You don't want to miss them. They're on ultrachan.tv. I'm sorry, ultrachan.tv slash twitch.tv slash internet. Um, they're going to be talking, of course, they're going to have a Capcom Cup recap, results, reviews, etc. A season five, I'm sorry, Street Fighter Five season four discussion. Other term results, they'll be talking about the Evo Japan lineup. They'll be talking about 2B in Soul Calibur Six and more. That happens immediately after this show, which will be in about less than a minute. You don't want to miss them. Um, after that, there's a Capcom Connect, if I'm not mistaken. That's always must-see TV, if you ask me. You don't want to miss it ever. And if you do miss it, you better drag your ass over to their YouTube channel and watch it there. Elon, are we ready? Nope. So, um... I hope the wheel's all just cyanide. <laughs> it better not be, dude. It better not be. Oh, damn. Okay, we'll vamp longer then. So, um, have you guys uh, been playing Smash? I have been playing Smash. No. You said you weren't going to because of your I'm finals. I'm an elite Smasher now. Yeah, that's what I've been doing instead of studying, was are playing you, Smash uh, online. Are you a dual main of Peach and uh, Daisy? I don't pick Daisy ever. I only play Peach. She your main? Yep. Have you messed around with Richter Belmont? No. Why okay. I play Peach. I'm, I'm ready. Stop vamping, Mike. Right, We're ready. Let's do it. Okay, new names. Uh, Axiom-ish, Beaver FDW, Silverback 98, All Before, B-Stepter, Ho Muffin, Greasewood, Rixian, and Volcano. Thank you. Yo, I met Beaver FTW in, in person. I like Beaver a lot. Yeah. I hope he wins. He's I the hope, man. I hope he wins. Love that guy. I actually hope he doesn't win because it's going to look awful. You're kidding. Oh, oh my wow. God. <laughs> <laughs> so who won it? Silverback, Silverback 98? 98. <laughs> All right, shout out to Silverback 98, and I guess shout out to Cyanide for winning the best of five chundle. That's it for us, guys. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We'll see you next year. Thank <laughs> you.